Welcome back to the PWYFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast. On today's episode, I am joined by one of my very best friends, Madison Dill McDermott. Maddie and I played volleyball together at the University of Miami, and though she's one year ahead of me, we were ride or dies the minute I stepped foot onto campus in July 2017. Together, we've been through thick and thin, and Maddie is here to tell her story of being a student, athlete, and mother all during her time at Miami. And let me tell you, this episode is special in more ways than one. For starters, this episode is actually the first ever guest episode that I've recorded. Hence the mentions of things that are now in the past, but Maddie was the first episode I was able to sit down with a guest and talk about Play Where Your Feet Are. And I wanted Play Where Your Feet Are to be a connected community, and that has begun with its beginning. You know, the involvement of my friends, my family, and my mentors in shooting, in editing, in assisting, in marketing, and now as a voice on the podcast itself. So this episode is very special, but it's also special because this is the first time ever in full and on the record that Maddie is vulnerably giving these details and sharing her heart in this specific story. This is like your woman tell all episode on The Bachelor and you don't want to miss it. I promise you after listening to today's episode, you will be so encouraged to play where your feet are just like Maddie has done and continues to do. So take a listen and be inspired by how God has truly ordered her steps in her life. Before we begin, let me remind you to subscribe to this podcast, give us a lovely review on Apple Podcasts by scrolling down and submitting five stars, and of course, a sweet comment if you feel so led, and follow us on Instagram at playwhereyourfeetare and my own Instagram at cam.dobbs. Okie dokie, let's bring in Maddie. This is the PWYFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast, and I'm your host, Cameron Dobbs. Maddie, hi. Hey. <laughs> Maddie, thank you so much for joining me on the PWYFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast. We are so excited to talk with you today, and I'm so happy to finally see your face. I haven't seen you in two, three months or so, so even if it's on Zoom, I'm just, I'm pumped to be able to talk with you again. How are you? I'm good. Uh, we haven't seen each other since my wedding, right? Yeah. I know. Life is good. I'm so excited to be here. You're now Maddie Dill McDermott, which actually when I was prepping for this, I kept planning like my intro for you of being Maddie Dill. And then literally just like 10 minutes ago, I was like, oh, I should probably say Maddie Dill McDermott because that's your actual name now. I know. So many people have said like, you're always going to be Maddie Dill to me. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, it's fine, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, Maddie, we can ramble on forever because we are in fact best friends. Um, so it. let's go ahead and get started because if not, we will ramble on and we will not stay on track whatsoever. <laughs> So, we'll totally here. get off topic of the whole purpose of this podcast. exactly exactly yeah literally like we're supposed to be present and playing where our feet are and we can yes, easily not do that <laughs> well again just thank you for being on the podcast this is really special to me because not only is it like literally one week since we've launched the pwyfa play where your feet are podcast but you are actually the first guest i am recording with which is so exciting and so special just to have this like revolving around friends and community and how we're all putting our little piece of 
ourselves into this whole project and into this whole brand and everything that PWIFA Play Where Your Feet Are will be. So I'm just so happy you're here with me today. <laughs> I know. I'm, I was literally, when you texted me and asked me to be your first guest, I literally like started tearing up. I was like Aww. so honored and so excited, like, cause I'm like, obviously so proud of you for like doing this. So, and I'm super excited. I don't know if I've ever like fully told my story, like publicly like this. So this is like, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm ready. Me too. I'm excited. And guys, if you don't know already, I mean, Maddie does have an incredible story, an absolutely incredible story. Like we've already talked about it. We're going to try not to, not to cry, try not to get emotional, but it's totally fine if we do. No promises. <laughs> it's totally fine if we do, but seriously, her story is so incredible. I've had obviously the chance of kind of living it through her being one of her best friends, um, but also just like telling it in bits of bits and pieces as a broadcast journalist as well. So I'm just excited to kind of relive everything and talk about everything and dive into it even more. And thank you for being vulnerable and sharing it with us. So in order to get into this whole story, let's take it back a little bit first. Obviously, we played volleyball together at the University of Miami. So talk to me, even before that, talk to me just about committing to the University of Miami. What made you want to come to Miami? A little back story. I started playing volleyball when I was 12. And I very quickly realized that I was going to be pretty good at it. I was always very tall. <laughs> so once I hit eighth grade, ninth grade, I started getting a lot of recognition from colleges. And at that time, I had, I was like, I remember getting my first letter in the mail from Louisville. And they're a very great volleyball program, right? But I I was like, what is Louisville? Like, I didn't even know, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. So I had a lot of recognition going into sophomore year, junior year. I was going on visits all the time, but I went on all these visits and I just never felt like I was at home. And there was just, I didn't know exactly what I wanted, but I knew what I didn't want, if that makes sense. When I ended up visiting Miami and Miami actually came on to my recruiting later in the game than most other schools. I didn't start talking to the assistant coach at the time and Keno until early in my junior year, which is pretty late for volleyball recruiting. I decided to go on a visit there and I just like had this feeling of like when I left, I just knew I needed to go there. It wasn't like a tangible, like, obviously, I love the campus. It was gorgeous. It's a great academic program. The coaches were amazing. The team, like, the girls were amazing. But I couldn't, like, put my finger on, like, I just know I need to go here. And I hadn't had that feeling at anywhere else that I visited. And looking back, obviously, I've made the right decision. I just feel like that was God, like, pulling me there for the reasons that he knew that I didn't. Um, which we will get into. <laughs> so yeah, I left there and I literally called my recruiting coach and I said, I need to go here. And she was like, okay, well, we have to wait for an offer because they didn't end up offering me on my unofficial visit. But Keno, he liked, he wanted to make me wait. Um, so he waited like a month and literally he called me, offered me, I was driving home from school 
and I was like I had to pull over because I was like crying I was so excited like freaking out and I called my parents I called my recruiting coach and they were all like if this is for you like why wait like call them back like commit so that's exactly what I did when I got home and you know it was it's been the best decision I've ever made in my life other than marrying my husband but yeah I mean that's pretty much my recruiting story and how I chose Miami it's so funny because mine was somewhat similar to yours as well. And maybe this is what it's like with every single person when they commit to, you know, the school that they really love and fall in, fall in love with, but a little bit different. So I, the first time I visited Miami, I already had an offer, but I visited there knowing I had been talking to other schools for a long time before Miami. Miami was also kind of late in my recruiting process and I got down there and I loved it. Like literally everything I fell in love with. I mean, you mentioned it. The yeah. campus is literally a resort. Like our <laughs> campus is so beautiful. It's, it's insane. So nice. It feels like you're on vacation every single day. It's so, so pretty with palm trees and lakes and everything around it. I know. Oh, it's awesome. It's incredible. And then for me too, as a broadcast journalist, I, the very first visit I had, I was in a studio, like touring a studio here on campus. And for me, like that's very rare for a freshman, especially to be able to get in studios, freshman, even sophomore year. Usually at most schools, you have to wait to get into a studio practicing studio work for your like your late junior to senior year. So that was huge yeah. for me. And then we all know the coaches are just absolutely incredible. Like mm -hmm. our coaches, I think are some of the best. Yes, obviously knowing volleyball, but best just like human beings ever in the entire universe yes, and yes. In, in the entire NCAA volleyball programs of yes. everyone. So again, I was like you and I wanted to commit right away. I was yes. like, I need, I don't need to look anymore. Like mama yes. and daddy, I can commit right now today. And they were the ones who made me wait a month. So I remember my parents being like, <laughs> oh okay, they were like, okay, let's just be reasonable though. Like, let's not rush into things. And so they made me wait a month or two of waiting to hear back from other schools and just other offers coming in and things like that. But the entire time I was just like, okay, I may be talking to this school, but I know I'm going to Miami the entire yeah. time. Cause I just, I knew, and I bought in the minute I stepped on campus and I loved it. And like you, there's no looking back and it's been the best decision I've ever made. I'm not married. So that's going to be my best one so far. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just something about that place. that like, it's just special and it's just hard to put your finger on it and you just have to go there to know. So, I know. Go so, so everyone go to the university of Miami. If you're Everybody in right go. now. Every no. single person listening to this podcast, you can always go back to school. You may have graduated already. You can always go back, get a master's, grad degree. Yeah, take a trip at the very least. One thing that's funny too is um, we both have talked about this before, how we both were close to also going to Pepperdine. And I just oh always think God. that's so funny because it's just, I love how we always talk about it a lot in our friend group, just how God connected us at the University of Miami playing volleyball mm -hmm. for Canes BB. And yeah. It's just like, we're always, you know, what if we didn't go to UM? What if we went somewhere else? And then hearing that we both also almost went to Pepperdine though, it's like, we could have, like, we would have met each other anyway. Like God, God just had it destined for us to be best friends, like one way or another. So I just love that little fact too. And then I love too, another thing about your recruiting process was that I was actually on your official visit. And that was the first yeah. time I met you was on your official visit. It was oh. my unofficial. And that was, 
I think that was when I committed. Maybe was on that visit when I like officially committed. Stay away. <laughs> I stole your thunder on your official visit. <laughs> oh, like I know, baby Cam and Maddie. We didn't even know each other. I don't. And, we probably yeah. said maybe like five words to each other that whole trip. And then, so crazy. and then I slept in your bed on my official visit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, who's this girl with pink hair? <laughs> Why did I have pink hair then? Little did I know. I had pink hair after. Oh, it was, okay, you're yeah. right. Sorry. Going in, yeah, Before when I came in. Yeah. Good times, man. Good times. Okay, well, talk I to me know. now. So it's, it's fall or technically summer of 2016. And you get on campus now as a freshman at the University of Miami. So just tell me a little. <laughs> People, I know this is a podcast. So you can't see our expressions, but I Maddie's know. eyes just like got so big <laughs> thinking about her freshman year. But take well, us back. Talk me. Talk to me a little bit about freshman year at Miami. I mean, volleyball court, off the court, all that fun stuff. Oh my goodness! Well, the first thing I thought of when you said that was our first like workout with our strength am I allowed to say names yeah well and actually before you say that just a few name references as well is Keno is our head coach oh yeah so the coach of the University of Miami Hurricanes volleyball team still to this day he's still coaching so whenever we say Keno that is our head coach Jill is our assistant coach I'm sure we will throw her name in there somewhere we love Jill so much she is the absolute best she may be on the podcast eventually as well so stay tuned um and then Casey's another coach of ours you may mention him and then pretty much any girl name I feel like you will mention will probably just be one of our best friends <laughs> yeah probably. in our friend group who played with us at Canes Volleyball but yeah okay continue take it away so anyway our first workout it was it was a we went out onto the green tree practice field which is it was this turf field it was like a thousand degrees at like 3 p.m in the afternoon and we had to run the shuttle and it was just absolutely the worst thing I've ever had to do in my life. <laughs> and if Simona listens to this, she's going to laugh because I thought I was going to pass out. And Simona is our athletic trainer. I thought I was going to pass out. And I was just like, I went home and I like called my mom and I was crying and I was like, mom, I cannot do this. What the heck have I got myself into? Like, do I have to do this every single day? And then, and then my first practice rolled around and we start like two a days and on my visits, the girls had told me, I'm pretty sure it was Colby. She was like, just forget everything you know about volleyball because you're going to have to relearn and do everything differently. And I was like, what? Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I'm so good at volleyball. Okay. I tell you my first practice. (laughs) same thing I wanted to quit I was done like it was so hard just because at Miami they run a very specific system and all your technique and timing and everything has to be within that system it's the way that our coaches feel is the best way to play volleyball so I just had to basically relearn everything I knew and the game was so much faster and I was just like it's very overwhelming it's very overwhelming and so those first few weeks were very difficult and then on top of that you know just being in a new city being with new roommates and teammates and it it was a lot like I'm not gonna sugarcoat it and say oh my god it 
was the best thing ever. Like, it was hard. But I just had to have, like, a realization of, like, I chose to do this. And, like, this has been a dream of mine ever since I realized I was good at volleyball. And so I'm, like, I need to figure it out. I need to do this. You know, it got better once I started getting used to the speed and getting used to the footwork and all that kind of stuff and getting stronger. But yeah, those first like month or two was a little rocky. <laughs> once you got a, once you got out of all the two a days and preseason and full I, lifting. <laughs> like two days, I've never been more sore in my life. <laughs> like muscles I didn't even know I had. Once you get over that hump, then you realize, okay, this is going to be like the best experience of my life. So yeah, I feel like it's a very dramatic like learning curve when you first get on campus because it's like everything is new. And then, like you said, with our system in volleyball, we just you basically have to learn or throw out everything that you've learned for the past decade of how yeah. to be a volleyball player. Throw it all out like it's all gone and non-existent. And then you just have to learn a whole new system. And literally, like from the steps you take, like even that is new. Yeah. <laughs> so it's definitely that on top of you know anyone listening can imagine okay first time away from home college experience Mm -hmm. like that on top of being a college athlete is just like a whole new whirlwind of things and so that was your freshman year Mm -hmm. and then I come on the scene in your sophomore year baby cam the only freshman on the team comes and joins Kane's BB in 2017 so 2017 comes and it's kind of like our incredible season that we have. I mean, one of our best in program history seasons that we have, and we make it to the second round of the NCAAs. We lose to Florida, unfortunately, in the second round, but I believe we still should have beat them. I'll put that on the record. (laughs) We took a set off of them. We played so good. We played so good that game. Yeah, and you played so good. Yeah. We were fearless. Like, we were going for it. Like, we had nothing to lose. We had them shaking in their boots, that's for sure. A little bit. We had Mary shaking on her boots. Mary Wise. Mary Wise, if you're listening, you can take note of that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They, I mean, they were an absolute great team. I think they were the number one or number two team going into that Wasn't game. Wasn't that the year they went to the national championship? Yeah, and then they ended up, they ended up losing in the championship. Yeah. So they ended up being the number two team. And then I think right. even during, like before we played them, they were already ranked top five for sure. Um, but I think mm-hmm. like number one or number two anyway. So again, this like best in program history yeah. type of season for us. Um, yeah, but walk us through it for it. Walk us through it. So 2017 comes around. You finish your crazy freshman year of just getting used to college volleyball and getting used yeah. to being at Miami you go through spring season, we play a couple tournaments there, or you play, I wasn't there yet. And then July comes around and I come on the scene. Um, We meet. And then what happens from there? Um, With us or like with me or everything? With you. Well, me and Cam started becoming friends. (laughs) 2017, what a year. So that summer was the summer that I met Casey, who is now my husband. We started, we basically hit it off right away. Um, We started dating in September of 2017. And yeah, we were like having a great season and everything. And we get back from the NCAA tournament. And I realized that something is not right. And so that was when... I found out or we found out that I was pregnant um, and I realized that I had been pregnant since the beginning of November 
So I had played, and I was a starter at the time, so I had played lots of matches without knowing, which is crazy because literally the day after I found out, I literally started having symptoms. And before I had not a single symptom, which is kind of kind of weird. And you completely um, balled out in the NCAA tournament, like that Florida yeah. match to this day, we all still talk about, like that was Maddie's game of her life and she was pregnant like the whole time. Game. I had the best game ever, and I had my little my little guy with me, and I didn't even know it. Do you want me to go get into like how I found out? Like, yeah, go for it. That time, okay. So I was at Casey's apartment, and I took the pregnancy test, and I did two different ones, and we waited. They both took like five minutes, which felt like a lifetime. Um, I'm sitting there and he was like in his room I'm like in the bathroom and I'm like literally freaking out and then he comes in he realizes that it says positive and I was literally like just paralyzed with like fear so I like literally didn't move for probably 10 minutes and I just started you know crying and just like every like my whole life just like kind of flashed before my eyes kind of not that I thought I was gonna die but it was just like what in the world am I gonna do like and I I knew from the second that I even thought that I was pregnant that there was no option but to go along with the pregnancy and the birth and everything so it was more of like what am I gonna do as far as like what is our plan and so we just sat there for basically the whole night and we just talked he told me that he was never gonna leave me that he loved me and that he would be there for me and the baby and we ordered pizza and we cried and we laughed and it was honestly like looking back it was a very beautiful night um, for the two of us, both of us instantly grew up within 10 minutes of finding out that we were going to be parents. Yeah, just thinking back on that night, like, I wouldn't change it for the world. I have the best husband, and at the time, he was my boyfriend, but now he's my husband, and he's just the best dad in the world, and yeah, so so that was after, so that was after the NCAA tournament, so our season was done, but I'm like, we we still had finals. It was right before Christmas break. So um, I was like, oh my gosh, like I have to take finals with this in the back of my head. Like I have to tell my family, I have to tell my teammates, I have to tell my coaches. And all this just starts like rushing through my head. So the first thing I did was I texted Simona and I said, I need to talk to you tomorrow in your office privately. So I go in and I talk to her and she was extremely supportive and she started helping me you know figure out where I can get a sonogram and just you know to know how far along I am and all that stuff so she was extremely helpful and supportive then I realized that I needed to tell the coaches and I decided that I wanted to tell them before we left for Christmas break and I hadn't told anyone on the team yet because some people were already gone for Christmas and I wanted to tell the whole team together in person. So I didn't tell anyone on the team yet. <laughs> and a lot of my a lot of my teammates were in the training room when I was having my meeting with Simona, I think. And they were all like, what the heck is going on in there? Because I was in there for a while and I was like bawling my eyes out. So I think 
people were like, is she going to quit? Like, what's going on? Like, um, anyway, so Simona helps me set up a meeting with the coaches and like after the meeting, I'll get into it, but after the meeting with the coaches is when I knew that like they truly, truly care about us as people. And that really says something about a collegiate coach because, you know, their livelihood is based on their athletes winning volleyball matches and that's it. You know, the fact that they supported me the way they did was extremely, I feel extremely blessed. So anyways, Simona helps me set up the meeting and um, I go up there. I'm like literally sweating, like shaking, terrified and I was sitting, I remember it like it was freaking yesterday. I was sitting in Keno's round table in his old office and I just like, I was crying and like Keno had that like dad, like worried look on his face. And Keno is very much a dad. Like he's, he is an actual father, but he is very much a dad to all of our team. Like all of us always, he is always worried about us off the court, whether we make it home safely, like anything and everything. Keno is, he's a worrier. And then he is definitely a warrior about his players, which again mm-hmm. comes in with that dad instinct. So he definitely is always like caring and worrying about us. He was like, is it, are you okay? Like, is everything okay? And I just like blurted out. I was like, I'm pregnant. And he immediately reached his hand. He was sitting across the table from me. He reached his hand across and he grabbed my hands, which is like the craziest thing ever. I was like, I've never touched this man, but like... Um, and he goes, Madison, it's going to be okay. We're going to help you and we're going to support you. And I was just like, what? Like, I thought I was going to lose my scholarship. I thought I was going to be kicked off the team. Like, I didn't know what was going to happen. Basically, that whole meeting was just me talking through everything that I had been through in the last 48 hours. I was like, Keno, honestly, I, I want to have a plan right now, but I don't. Like, the only thing I know is that I am, I, I guess I'm going to come back in the spring and just, like, be a student and, you know, do what I can with the volleyball team. But then, like, after that, I'm going to go have a baby. Like, that's all I knew. I didn't know where. I didn't know, like, I didn't know anything. And he was like, it's okay. Just all I ask is that you communicate with us and that you, you know, fill us in on all of your decisions. And I was like, of course, like, you know, so, and then after that, um, after that meeting, me and Jill, which this is in my and Jill's relationship really like skyrocketed. Um, we were talking in the hallway, um, in the stairwell to be, specific and for probably honestly we were standing there for probably like 45 minutes and um she was just telling me like how proud she was of me and I told her that I feel like I was meant to be a mom it was just like a very emotional conversation but like I truly realized that I had a friend in Jill and like she was going to be a huge support for me which ended up happening (laughs) when I came back that was pretty much the end of the fall semester. I ended up taking finals. I did fail two classes that semester. <laughs> um, all good, I, that all was, good. That you got the degree. Still, that was when I was still broadcast journalism too. 
And that was also the same semester that I was realizing that I didn't want to do broadcast journalism. Yeah. Um, I was, I like hated the classes that I was in, which is hilarious because you literally kill it. And I, I was like, it was not for me. <laughs> That's for Cam. <laughs> so there was like this one class that was so hard, I thought, and like I was already kind of struggling in it. And then once I like found out all this, I was like, I'm not trying on my final. Like, I don't even care. Like, I'm probably dropping out of college anyways. Like, <laughs> so, so I kind of laugh about that now, but at the time it was stressful. So, but yeah, so that was kind of the end of um, that fall semester. And then I went home for Christmas and had to, well, backtrack. I ended up telling both my parents over the phone because I talked to my parents a lot when I was at school. I talked to my mom like pretty much every day. I talked to my dad probably like three, four times a week. So I ended up telling both of them over the phone and I kind of want to keep those conversations private. I don't want to get into details about those. So I had to like tell the rest of my family when I came home for Christmas and my siblings were amazing and too like my parents and my siblings knew Casey but they didn't know him so they were you know rightfully they were concerned and they were worried but obviously he proved everyone wrong um but my my sister oh my gosh she was young how old was she she was like, like 13 14 13 14 yeah so she was young and you know, she was obviously supportive. She was like, well, you're not married. And I was like, I know, like, but, you know, Jesus loves me and, you know, he gives grace and all this stuff. And then my brother, <laughs> my brother was like, okay, um, so what do we do now? It's <laughs> like, um, well, we wait nine months and then after that, you're going to be an uncle. <laughs> um, yeah, everyone was very supportive, and then I told, like, my cousin, I actually told my grandparents on Christmas. Um, oh, my goodness. I, told my grandparents, I know, I told my grandparents and my cousins on Christmas, and um, my cousin, who was a former track athlete at UCF, she told me, she was like, I had a, I had a teammate that had a baby, and, you know, she came back, and she did it, and she figured it out, and I think you can do that, too, and, you know, we're going to help you, we're going to support you, whatever, so everyone was extremely, extremely supportive, which was exactly what I needed in that time, because I was scared enough, my own, that it was, I felt very blessed to have family that um, was very supportive of me, so, yeah, that's kind of that whole story of, like, telling everybody. And teammates, too. Oh, my God, Yes. Okay. You came back That's in January. The most important. Yeah. So I came back um, and I did the whole spring semester. It was like right when we came back, right? Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. I like couldn't keep the secret. I was already gaining weight. Like, you know. So I texted the team and I said, hey, I need to talk to you guys. And I think, did we have someone quit? Yeah. So I want to say that because you, I remember this so vividly. Like I can imagine everything about this moment because the day before we had one of our teammates quit or that day, really that day we had one of our teammates quit and just say, you know, she wouldn't focus on school and we loved her. So it really wasn't a big deal. Like we were so supportive of her Mm -hmm. and everything, but she quit, had us all in a team meeting that day. 
And then that night, I remember I was sitting in my dorm in my bed and we get a text in our Canes BB, you know, team chat from Maddie. And it says, I don't remember exactly what you said. So maybe I don't remember everything, but you said something like, Hey guys, can I talk to everyone tomorrow in the locker room? You know, the typical, Hey, let's have a team meeting type of text (laughs) that we all send some point in our careers. And so I remember you sent that and I immediately like was, I didn't know what to think. And so I text you because I'm thinking, Oh my goodness, is she quitting too? And so I remember texting you and I was like, please do not tell me you are quitting and leaving me behind. Like you are not leaving me, Maddie. And you text me back and you're like, no worries. Like, no, no, no. Like you totally like confirmed that that was not happening. You were staying here. You were not quitting or anything. And so I was just like, okay, phew, like don't have to worry about anything. Like I literally just completely just brushed this off my shoulder and was like, this is going to be like, this conversation is practically irrelevant like we're just gonna meet tomorrow for some odd reason that Maddie wants to talk to everyone fine, it's and definitely. yeah it's all fine it's all fine and then we get in there the next day and you tell us that you're pregnant and I we kind of sit across each other like in the locker room mm-hmm. our lockers were kind of across from each other and so I remember just sitting in my locker and I don't think I said anything like I, I think I was literally just like shocked and I didn't I had no idea what to say like literally no idea and the first thing that came to my mind was you are leaving because I had no idea that you were gonna come back because I I knew like same thing in my mind I immediately thought you were gonna have this baby like I didn't ever think there was anything a different option but I thought she's going to leave and have this baby and never come back and be my teammate again and at that time like we weren't even that close but we were definitely friends And so I just remember thinking like, I'm leaving. I like my friend is leaving me. And I was just so Mm -hmm. like sad and overwhelmed and had no idea what even to say. But then I remember, so I really don't think I said anything, which probably sounds like a terrible friend. But I remember (laughs) because Maddie was my ride everywhere. Like she always picked me up from the dorms and we always drove everywhere in her car together. And so I remember, I think maybe practice the next day or going to the calf the next day or wherever we were going that later that day, or maybe the next day. I remember just as we were getting out of your car, we were in the gray lot of the parking lot there outside. The, I remember all this so vividly, Yes. but I remember just telling you that I was just really proud of you. Like, again, I still didn't really know what to say, but I remember just telling you like, Maddie, I'm really proud of you and like what you're doing. And I was just like, I'm proud of you for, you know, having this baby, for keeping this baby, for sticking out school to continue to train with us because you kept training with us, which is absolutely insane. Like this girl was still doing all of our workouts, all of our practices, everything until like doctors literally told her you cannot do this. And I remember like diving was one of the things that was first to go. Yeah. And so, but I mean, you were doing everything with us and not making excuses. And I remember we'd have so many times in practices where it'd be like, if someone was slacking off, we'd be like, well, Maddie's doing it and she's pregnant. So you better get it together. Like you were the ultimate example of like being tough and like not even caring and playing where your feet are, because that's exactly what playing where your feet are is. It's making, it's being the best version of yourself no matter what, no matter where, wherever your feet are, and it's making the best out of every situation. You know, maybe that's not your ideal situation to be pregnant in college as a college athlete, 
but you made the best of your situation. Like you stayed faithful to God. You kept training. You kept trusting God. You also kept trusting your teammates and your coaches and your program. You stayed loyal to us while also being loyal to your baby and your now husband and your family. And you played where your feet were during that time. So just tell me a little bit about that season. I mean, you're full on pregnant now and you're still practicing as a college athlete. Talk to me a little bit about how that was. Oh my gosh. I like still to this day, I think back and I'm like, how the heck did I do that? And you think back to when you thought your freshman year, those workouts were tough. And then here you are now pregnant, killing the workouts that you're doing. It's crazy how like we develop in life through experiences. I knew I needed to, you know, stay fit throughout my pregnancy. And by this time, by the springtime, I had made up in my mind that I was coming back. And I even told all my teammates that too. And I thought at the time I was going to come back the following fall, which didn't happen. But anyway, or sorry, the following spring. But we'll get into that later. I knew I needed to stay fit. And the only way I knew how to do that was to, you know, just do what I was doing before, playing volleyball and, you know, lifting. And I did have some modifications and I had some modifications with the conditioning as well. But, you know, I did everything pretty much up until I was like, I think I was like four months pregnant when I called it quits on playing volleyball. Um, I was starting the show and it was just not safe. So, but like I, my doctors like gave me the all good to keep working out as much as I was comfortable with. So um, I worked out like pretty much the whole spring with the team. And I had days where I said, I'm going to rest today. Like if I felt like sick or whatever, my body was just telling me to stop. But yeah, I mean, it, that was the way that I, and I think staying fit throughout my pregnancy was a huge, huge factor in me being able to come back afterwards because coming back afterwards was harder than actually like working out while I was pregnant, I think. It was a really big honor, I think, that you know the team was so supportive of me practicing during the spring when I did because like I was taking reps from other players who were like actually going to play next fall. And, you know, but they were all so supportive of me and in doing that, once again, like the best program ever. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. And it's, that's so funny. Cause I never even thought about that either. How like you were quote unquote taking reps, as you just said, yeah. but that's interesting. Cause I've never even thought about that. I always just saw you as this is Maddie. She's my teammate. She's a starter on the volleyball team. Like she's going to play cause she's good and practice cause she's yeah. getting better every day, even pregnant. And it was just like normal for us. Like after, after we found out, it was just like, okay, let's not move on. Cause obviously we're going to support you in your pregnancy, but like, yeah. okay, like we're doing this, like Maddie's doing this and we're going to do it with her. Cause we love her and yeah. she's awesome. And she's a Canes BB player and we love Canes BB players. And so it was just like, all right, like cool beans, let's keep grinding together. And we're going to, we're going to play where our feet are on the volleyball court. And we're going to do the best we can. And you're going to do the best you can on the court. And then you're going to handle things off the court. You're going to go to all your doctor's appointments and you're going to make sure that Simona's on you about just staying fit and healthy and whatever you need to do to be a 
pregnant, healthy woman at the time, like you're going to play where your feet are in every single aspect. And you kept doing that because as you said, you did come back, which is the absolute wild thing ever. And I don't know if people even realize how incredible that is to be a woman who has a baby and goes through everything you have to go through to have a baby and then (laughs) come back. And I can't even speak from experience. So to me, it's like, mind-blowing yet I don't even fathom everything because I have no idea what that experience is like and so Mm -hmm. it's just crazy to me how you worked so hard every single step of the way while you were pregnant once beautiful little Kaysen came in July you did everything to be the best mother possible and you continued to be the best mother possible every single day and then you came back so now talk about that transition from you know balancing being a mother and being at home to now coming back to Miami, still being a mother, but being away from your baby. And then just balancing that whole aspect of Kane's BB in one hand, and then making sure you can FaceTime your baby as much as possible in the other hand. Oh my gosh. So to touch on a little bit, like when I was home, so I gave birth to Kaysen in July of 2018. And then I was home with him for basically a whole year. Um, So I went back to school in July of 2019. So while I was home with him, um, Casey was starting his NFL career. And so I was, we were living in this rental house and I was basically on my own a lot. And it was very, very hard. And I think a lot of times people don't talk about postpartum depression enough Um, and it's a very, very real thing. And I, I don't even think I got the worst of it. Like I've heard like, you know, worse stories than what I went through, but I was extremely lonely and I had this baby and, you know, my mom and other family members were like extremely helpful. Like I could not have done it without my mom, especially, but like, I'm most of the day I'm at home by myself and I'm just trucking along doing what I think is best for my infant. It was very, very hard. And I had lost at the time, my identity was in volleyball. Like I was Maddie Dill, the volleyball player. Like everyone around my area where I live knows who I am, knows that I was good at volleyball and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, here I am sitting in my living room with spit up in my hair and (laughs) a crying baby. And I'm just like, who am I? Like, what am I doing? Those were all thoughts that came into my head, you know, postpartum. On top of that, the weight gain, like I, I did stay very fit during my pregnancy, but like weight gain is inevitable. Like my body was different and I had to be patient and wait until I could work out again, like intensely, like I wanted to. So that was a whole other thing. I just lost all of my identity and I had to like really like redefine myself and say, you know, this child's life is worth my pain and struggle right now. And yeah, I mean, it was really hard. And during that time also, I wasn't taking any classes they had they had to take me off the roster at Miami basically my scholarship was like put on hold so I felt like I wasn't a part of that team I was by myself most of the day at home like it was just a really really tough time 
but also at the same time, like a very beautiful time. Like I learned so much about myself and, um, you know, I really, really missed volleyball and like that made me like want to come back even more. And that was that year. And then when I came back the first week, I was back, we had to coach a camp for the first couple of days. And Casey and Kaysen had, Casey had gotten an Airbnb in Miami. He had some time off from football. And so he came down there and stayed for two weeks while I was getting back into my routine of being at school and volleyball, even though in the summer, like it's more chill, but I was getting back into my routine of, you know, doing other things other than just taking care of a baby. (laughs) But when those two weeks were over, like, and they left. I remember we went to Einstein's Bagels before he left to drive home and I left to go coach camp. I felt like my world was driving away and I wasn't going to see him for, I, I don't even know how long it was at that time. It was probably like, I felt like my heart was like ripped out of my chest. It was like the hardest thing I've ever had to do, I think. As they like, this is like so dramatic, but it's true. As they drove away, I'm sitting there thinking like, wait, am I actually going to do this? Like, am I really going to leave my one-year-old with babysitters all the time? Am I really going to be selfish? And that's what I felt like at the time. I felt like I was being extremely selfish and, you know, come and finish what I'm doing here. I just like all these questions started going through my head and it was like so painful. (laughs) It was the worst thing that I've ever, that was the worst day of my life probably. And I remember we had to coach and I walked into the gym and Casey, our assistant coach, there's Casey. That was always very confusing. (laughs) Very confusing having Maddie date a Casey. And then having our assistant coach. coach, associate head coach, being also Casey. So confusing. Casey and Casey. No, um, he was running a drill and he saw me and like we made eye contact and he looked at me and he comes over. He's like, are you, are you okay? And I was like, no, like Casey and Casey, they've been here the past two weeks and they just left. And he, he said, he said, I understand, like, I understand this is, he was like, obviously I don't understand, but I understand that you're feeling, you know, upset. And he said, you know, this is going to be a long day. It's going to be a hard day, but like, you can do it. And, and that's another thing, like playing in your feet, I had to put that in the back of my mind and be present for all these kids who are coming to get an experience at a Miami volleyball camp. It took me a lot of really hard days and I'm a wear your heart on your sleeve type person like if I'm upset you know if I'm happy you know like you always know (laughs) so yeah um so like my teammates always knew if I was having a hard day I remember one time I I don't remember exactly when it was but um I was just having like a very emotional day and I just went in my locker and I just sat down and cried for like 10 minutes. And then I was like, okay, like (laughs) time to go to practice or whatever it was. Finding the balance of 
taking the time for myself and then, you know, making sure that Kaysen was taken care of from five hours away. And I tell you, the support system that we had here in Jacksonville was absolutely incredible. Um, when I was home for that year, I coached a club team and we had a mom who at the time her daughter was on my sister's team. She started, and I, I hardly knew her. Like she knew my mom, she knew Annie, but like I had been at school the past two years. So I hardly knew her and um, her name is Julie. Uh, she comes up to me and she goes, hey, so I know you're going back to Miami. I'm a stay-at-home mom. All I do is coach two nights a week. So, like, if you ever need help, like, please don't hesitate to ask. At the time, I was like, oh, thank you. Like, you're so sweet. Like, you know, politely, you know. Yeah. And I told my mom that she said that. And my mom was like, oh, my God, Julie, she's amazing. Like, she really means it, you know. Like, she could probably, like, actually nanny for you. And I was like, okay, yeah, well whatever well then like it comes time for us to actually find nanny and I'm like maybe we should call Julie and then also my one of my best friends Brooke she was a student at JU at the time Jacksonville University god bless her she's an angel sent um she was in her final semester of nursing so she had clinicals for I can't remember if it was two or three days a week And then I think she had a couple classes too, but she had a few days a week where she didn't have anything. And she said, I will be at your house at whatever time in the morning Casey needs to leave. And I will watch that baby until your mom gets off work. And then, you know, my mom would come and take him. And so just literally, it was basically between Brooke, Julie, my mom, and then my dad a lot of times too between them, like we had him taken care of. Shout out to all those people. I'm gonna get them to listen to this. Honestly, like because they all sacrificed for me and for Casey and for Kaysen and like they didn't have to. We just feel extremely blessed that we had that support system here so that I could focus on what I was doing at school. Yeah, I had a lot of hard days at school where I just, you know, like I missed his first steps and I missed, you know, him saying words for the first time and things like that. And so on those days, it was like hell, like it was so, so hard. And I would literally count down the minutes to when I could FaceTime him. Like I would literally FaceTime him all the time. Like walking to class, I had five minutes, I would call whoever was watching him, or, you know, every single night before bed, like, I would FaceTime Casey, you know, make sure he's bathed and fed, and all this stuff, because of the support system we had here, it made it easier, because I knew that everyone who was with him at all times of the day loved him so much, it wasn't like we were hiring a random nanny, which there's nothing wrong with doing that, but because he was so little, I was, I felt very comfortable. So I was never worried about, is he going to be taken care of? It was always, well, I should be home. I'm his mother. Like I should be doing those things, not my best friend and my mom's friend, you know? 
but at the same time, it was, I don't want to resent anything that happened in my life the past year. And in order to do that, I need to finish what I started at Miami. And I even had, there were, when I was home with him, there were a couple times where I was like, well, maybe I should just transfer and go to JU and be in town. But then I realized like there's something to be said about graduating from the University of Miami, not, not bashing JU at all, <laughs> but just finishing when I started, where I started it, there was just something to be said about that. And another thing is I didn't want to relearn what I already relearned about volleyball. <laughs> We've already talked about that. We don't need a whole nother system yeah. coming in. And I even, I even mentioned to Keno, I remember one time I mentioned to him that I had thought about transferring and he, he was even supportive with that. He was like, obviously we want you here, but like, if you decide that's what's best for you, then, you know, we support you. Um, Our coaches so, are literally the best. Literally the best. Well, I think it's just something um, to point out too, was how there was so much like God put into this entire season of your life yeah. and time and yeah. two years or so, because I mean, I think back to the very beginning of Casey because Casey is, or was a university of Miami hurricanes football player. And that's how you guys obviously got connected was being student athletes at the U mm-hmm. and he was older than you. So that December he was graduating and looking to be drafted. Mm-hmm. And so even that process of who knows where this, you know, really good offensive lineman from the university of Miami is going to go. And he goes, of course, none other than the Jacksonville Jaguars, where Maddie is from, where all of her family is, where all of the support system that she just talked about is based. And there goes Casey, you know, her uh, boyfriend and the father of her son is now also located with her family. And it was just like, God had to be in every little step of the way allowing all of this to happen like it wouldn't have been any other reason but god for everything to just work out quote unquote perfectly in an unperfect situation you could say i mean obviously none of this was planned but god always had like the steps ordered like even though you never saw it coming none of us ever saw it coming god was like okay like let me show you what i can do and i got you covered like don't worry maddie i got you every step of the way yeah exactly i remember the draft day, it was like the most nerve-wracking day, couple days of our like relationship at that time. And he ended up going undrafted. And then like after the draft happens, free agency opens up. So his phone is just blowing up with his agent and like teams that wanted him as a free agent. And it was, he had a few different offers and Jacksonville was obviously one of them and it was crazy because I was like oh, okay Jacksonville like even if it's not your best offer like you know like oh better. how about that Jacksonville offer huh Casey yeah. Ooh, Jacksonville. did you hear about that <laughs> but then like it ended up actually being his best offer like it was a no-brainer so just even the fact that he didn't have to settle for you know less money like Jacksonville did offer him the best yeah. offer out of Can all I get an teams. amen for an Ephesians 320 God? Because yeah, baby. let's go. <laughs> so, 
so yeah that whole situation was just and after that happened like it was literally like 15 minutes after the draft closed he was gonna sign to Jacksonville and we were just like crying celebrating like oh my gosh because before that we had had conversations of okay say you go to um the Seattle Seahawks my OBGYN was in Jacksonville my whole family was in Jacksonville and I was like, well, I kind of want to deliver in Jacksonville. But also, at the same time, July, the end of July, is when NFL camp starts. So I was like, okay, if you're in the other side of the country, how is this going to work? But even, I'm telling you, even the day I went into labor was God because it was an off day for him. And he, he wasn't really in a position with the team at the time to say, hey, I have to miss today because I'm having a kid. Like, you know, big contract guys do that, but he wasn't really in a position to do that. Just the fact that Kaysen was born on an off day <laughs> and he was able to be in the hospital with me all day. Like, it was just, yeah, just everything about our story has been just God from the very beginning, so. And looking back to, I mean, just thinking of, you touched briefly just on how hard those days were being at the University of Miami. And you talked about that day that they drove away in the car and it was like that movie scene almost of, you know, there goes, like you said, your life going away, driving north. And here you are at the tip of Florida down south in Miami. And you had to just grind and you had to play where your feet were. And we mentioned, you know, whether it was, FaceTiming when you were not at practice and talking to your baby and talking to your, you know, eventual husband and your family members and whoever it was. And then it was crying in the locker room and the time you had before practice. And then the minute practice was ready, you were like, okay, let's do this. I'm going to practice. I'm going to kick butt today in practice. I'm going to go lift weights. I'm improving in weights. I'm improving in volleyball. Like you weren't just casually doing this and like, you know, going to practice like this was she was full on playing volleyball and doing the best she could where she was at she was playing where her feet were and grinded that whole what was it like year and a half of coming back playing that fall season spring and then one more fall right I played two falls okay so it was the first fall full season and then Christmas break all that good stuff we come back from Christmas break and it was 2020. Yeah. So we had like January, February, and then COVID hit in March, right? Yeah. So that's another story that I want to talk about, like right before COVID. You know, we come back for spring semester and I was trucking along. I was feeling good. I had just had like almost a month. I think Christmas break is like a month long. Um, at home with my family and so I was you know feeling pretty good and then we had like a long weekend around Valentine's Day in February so I came home so I could have a cute little date night with Casey and I was only home for like two days um, but when it came time for me to go back I it was the first time that I had to that I had come home then gone back where I was legitimately said I do not want to go back I in my brain I was I just I don't know what had happened to me I wasn't excited about volleyball I wasn't excited about school 
or anything. The only thing I wanted was to be home with my, with Casey and my baby. And, um, which that trip I flew. So Casey was like, I love you, but you have a flight. (laughs) So like, it wasn't like I could like, you know, postpone and drive later. Like I had to leave and again, like cried the whole flight. I think I, you probably picked me up from the airport. I don't remember. Probably. (laughs) But whoever I came into contact with that night, when I got back, I kind of like held it in. And then the next morning we had practice and I had filmed with Jill beforehand and she could tell that I was off. And I think that was the day when I had like a full on like mental breakdown and me and you actually talked later that day. Yeah. Um, but I was in Jill's office for probably like an hour. She said, let me call Dr. Goldstein, who is the sports psychologist at Miami, who is a saint. Love him. <laughs> he got me through a lot of this too. Yeah. Um, so I went down and I talked to him and I was like, doctor, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do this. And he, you know, he said, if you decide to go home, and to throw in the towel, he said, I don't see it as you quitting. He said, I see it as you making a decision, whether you stay here or whether you go home. He said, I see it as you making a tough decision that you feel is best for you and your family. And leaving that meeting with him, I was still like unsure, but I was like literally about to go home and like pack, start packing. <laughs> and he advised me to all the people that are most important to me and who I um, trust the most and that was my parents and Casey and um, I ended up talking to my dad first I think and you know my dad told me he said you know you've come so far and but if this is what you choose to do I'm not going to love you any less like you're still my daughter. I still love you. I'm still proud of you for what you've done so far. Um, but he said, he just encouraged me to see the light at the end of the tunnel and realize how short of a time I had left. You know, I've come all this way. Mind you guys, this was weeks before we got sent home for COVID. This was probably two weeks before COVID hit. So he was just like, it's such a short amount of time in the grand scheme of the life that you will have with Casey and Kaysen. So that was encouraging to me. um, And it kind of helped me calm down a little bit. I talked to Casey and Casey basically said kind of the same thing. And he said, I will always support you no matter what. Like, and he said, like, I got it here. Like, we are good here. Like, obviously we miss you. We love you. We want you here. But like, I want you to finish. Like, I want you to do this it became like this, I just became, after that conversation, I became like extremely determined, even more than I already was, you know, the man I love is telling me that I can do this, like, okay, like, I can do this, I ended up not practicing that day, like, I was mentally, like, unwell, I ended up going for a drive, just, who does that in Miami for fun, like, 
I don't know why I did that, <laughs> but I went for a drive and, oh, I remember I was going to go sit on the beach, but then there was like some festival or something going on. And I was like, oh, of course. So I ended up just driving back to campus and sitting by the lake. And then that's when you texted me, Cam. And, yeah. and I was like, I need to talk to you. Like, please come hang out with me. <laughs> um, and we chatted for a long time. Do you want to give your perspective on that? Well, I remember that day as well. And oh, yeah. Starting with around. practice. Yeah, and starting with practice in the morning. I remember I remember you went to go talk to Jill or you had film with her or something. And then you, I think we're late because y'all were still talking. And yeah. then you came down. Did you practice a little? No, I didn't. Okay. You walked out. Yeah, so after, yeah. I wasn't, if I would have gone to practice after talking to Jill, I wouldn't have been late. But then I went to Dr. Goldstein and I yeah. was with Dr. Goldstein for probably like 30 minutes. And then Dr. Goldstein said, I'm giving you a medical like excuse note for today. Yeah. He's like, you're mentally not well enough to participate in athletic and practice. Yeah. So like he he came down with me and talked to Keno and I just like walked out of the gym. Yeah. I remember yeah. seeing you walk out and then so I knew I just knew, you know, you were having a bad day and obviously I knew what you were going through. Um, not necessarily the specifics of what exactly you said in that conversation with Jill, but I remember that being a really hard day for you. And so, you know, I texted you after practice and we talked a little and then yeah, I remember you eventually you got food. And we're sitting by the lake. Yeah, you had Chipotle. I had Chipotle tonight, fun fact. (laughs) Um, But you got Chipotle and you were sitting by the lake. And then I went and met you and sat with you. And we just talked. You told me what your conversation with Jill was about and just everything you were going through with your mind. And we just talked for a long time and sat there together. And that was like, for me, like, because we're super close with Colby and Brooke and Sakile but they were all gone at the time. Yeah. And this is another thing was when I came back, the team was basically totally different. And so I was friends with everyone on the team, but you were my only like close, like companion, like friend. And it was just hard for me to relate to everyone else on the team. Everyone was so young and I was an old grandma, mom, like, so like you were the only person that I really felt like could be there for me and you were and I just love you so much oh I love you (laughs) I love you too but I think it's funny too just you know I I thank you for sharing your story because even you recounting all of this and just talking about it again I relate to you in different things too I mean obviously yeah I didn't have your same experience but with me medically retiring like I faced some of the same things that you faced and which I didn't really connect until we had this conversation tonight because we both had an identity crisis of being sidelined from our sport and being like, oh, what the heck? I was this famous volleyball player that everyone knew me as the volleyball player that went to the University of Miami to play volleyball. And like, I was always the athlete. And then here I was in my situation, of course, medically retiring. And then you talked about the isolation you went through. And I went through that with, you know, sitting in this bedroom 24 seven for four months. Um, And then on top of that, the comparison and body image issues that we both had. I mean, with you being a mother and balancing the weight gain of pregnancy and then just coming back 
to not being the person you were before you left Miami, you know, before you left to go have case and then coming back and having to regain that strength and regain being able to run those shuttles and the suicide test and the T drill and like all this different stuff you had to do. And mine was similar in the same way. You know, I, I used to lift 70 pound dumbbells and then here I am now today. Yeah. And it's like 15 pounds is my max, <laughs> like 15 pounds in each hand. And that's where I'm cutting it off. And that's not a good day, you know? You and, it was, and it was that time of just rebuilding and refocusing your identity and being like, okay, for you, you're a mom, you are a wonderful human being and you're a child of God. And for me, it was, okay, I may not be an athlete anymore, but I'm still a child of God and I still have purpose off the court. And you, I'm sure are seeing that today too, because one thing I noticed about you, and I actually texted you the other day about this was how I love, and it's, it's the little things, you know, it's the little things in life. But I love how you're now starting to share more on Instagram and you know me, I mean, I love Instagram. So I just love how you're sharing more about your life and specifically like being a mom. And I feel like you're showing a little more of Kaysen and just his soccer game the other day and just different things of being a mom as she eye rolls, as she eye rolls to the camera. Um, but I just, I just want to ask you, you know, tell me a little bit about just the decision of being a little more open about that on social media as well, of just using your experience to now connect to people who may need either, whether that that's the specific thing that they're going through, whether it be an unexpected pregnancy or something similar, or, you know, just wanting to share your story and how God has worked in your life and how he has ordered your steps every single step of the way. Talk to me about just the decision to begin to use your platform more for his glory and just for your testimony. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think Instagram is fun. Like, I, I don't do it, like, seriously. Like, I just post, like, whatever I feel like, whenever I feel like I don't have, like, a aesthetic on my grid. If, is that the word? See, I don't even know. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, whenever I feel like, you know, oh, people might want to see this, you know, um, and I've. I've always kind of been a little bit hesitant about like posting on my story a lot because I'm, I'm just like, I don't want people to get like annoyed with me. But then like, anytime I like see someone who I don't see all the time or whatever, they're like, we gotta see more of that baby, la la la. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, fine. Like, I'll you asked it. for it. <laughs> I know. And you know, there's also a certain boundary with having a child and being on social media with you know sharing certain things um you know there's portions of my life that I like to keep you know to our family and stuff but yeah like the soccer game like you know I think it's hilarious like three-year-old soccer like what why did we sign him up for this but it is so funny he he hates it <laughs> like he barely plays I'll post more of the soccer game saga he has one on Wednesday so stay tuned <laughs> Um, I want to, I don't want people to, you know, go to my page and think like, oh, like I can't talk to her. Like, you know, she, you know how like you look at someone's page and they don't seem like a genuine or nice person. Um, I don't want that to be me. So I try to make my page as authentic as possible. A while back I shared I, I was cleaning out my dresser and I found my very first sonogram photo of Kaysen and I like got on my story and I started talking about like 
oh my gosh, like, I can't believe I just found this. Like this brings back all the memes and the emotions and everything. And I just like talked briefly. And then I think at the end I said something like, please reach out to me if you, you know, and literally all my followers are like, I probably have like three followers that are moms, <laughs> but like, you know, you never know who's going to see it. My page is public. Anyways, I post that and I said like, please DM me if you like want to hear more about my story. If you find yourself in the same situation as me, like you never know. I'm not going to say who texted me, but someone texted me and he said, I saw your stories today and I just want to let you know that he has a daughter and he he just shared with me like a lot of emotions that he had whenever he found out that he was going to be a dad and it was I was like oh my gosh like thank you for sharing that with me and you know and we like bonded on a level that we hadn't before yeah so it and this was a family member this wasn't like a random guy texting me (laughs) it was a family member yeah he like opened up to me and I was like wow like you know we've always been like not really close, but we've always had, like, a good relationship, but, like, I never knew this about you, so, you know, from that post that day, like, I learned that about him, so, yeah, I, I don't get a lot of DMs at all, (laughs) like, I hardly get any, (laughs) but, and I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to share my story in a more public way, I just haven't figured out how to do that, so this is a great start, (laughs) because I want to, I, I'm, I'm extremely passionate about about life and giving life to innocent children. I, you know, would hope that if someone saw my page and did any type of scrolling, they would see, oh my gosh, like she had a child while she was playing at the University of Miami. Like, that's crazy. And if they found themselves in a similar situation, like I would want them to reach out to me. So yeah, I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not like super serious and I, also, I hardly know how to use Instagram. Like, like all your stories are so cool and like <laughs> edited and all this stuff. And all I know how to do is like hold the record button. And <laughs> but you know, that's all you need to do. So yeah. Hey, whatever works, right? Whatever works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Maddie, I'm gonna ask you again. Thank you for sharing your story and being so vulnerable. And just, I love you hey. so much. And you inspire me. So whether it's no one else DMing you, but me commenting on all of the things that you post, (laughs) then you're still, you know, you're impacting one person. And even if it's your best friend, like you're still impacting me. So I appreciate all you do, but just after, you know, tonight kind of going back through that whole story and those years of emotions and heartbreak and fight and the grind and just everything that you did, what does the phrase, you know, what does, playing where your feet are mean to you? I think playing where my feet are means doing the best that I can in the situation that I'm in. And that's pretty much how you define it too. No matter what you're doing, as long as you're giving it your best, then that's all that you can do. Like right now, like literally in my life right now, I'm having a little bit of an internal struggle because I, I'm basically a stay-at-home mom. I don't have a full-time job. I coach on the side, but I don't have like a full-time income. I basically take care of the house and take care of Payson. That was what I wanted when I was at 
Miami. But now that I'm in it, I'm like, I don't know if this is what I want. But it's what's best for our family right now. And so just, you know, if I'm cleaning the kitchen, like I'm going to do it the best that I can. If I'm doing laundry, like I'm going to make sure that my baby has clean clothes, you know? And I honestly, I think about you often because in your phrase and saying that, because sometimes it feels like I, what I'm doing is not enough. Like I should be a full-time working mom. I should have income flow for our family and all this stuff. But like, if this is what we have decided right now is best for us while we're in this like kind of transitional phase, then, you know, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. I would say doing the best you can, no matter what you're doing. Love that. We know that those clothes are folded so nicely and (laughs) creased and ironed. Jason does have clean laundry that I need to put away, but it's okay. But right now you're playing where your feet are and doing this podcast. That can wait until later. Yeah, and he's sleeping, so I can't go in there. Yeah, well, and just managing your time like tonight. I mean, you played where your feet were all day today, getting the things you needed to do done. And then you told me when we wanted to schedule this podcast, you're like, okay, let's, we put Kaysen down to bed at 7.30. So anytime after that. And so here we are now, it's 9.30 PM. Um, But we're just, you're playing where your feet are. You know, I know we talk a lot. Shocker, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's all worth it. Yes, it's all, all worth it. And the last question I want to ask you is for all of our listeners who are wanting and inspired now and fired up from hearing your story, you know, they want to also play where their feet are. And so any advice that you have just for those wanting to play where their feet are, no matter the situation, whether they relate personally to your story or to mine or to maybe their own story that they have right now, what's your advice for them as they try to play where their feet are? I think everything is perspective and mindset. Um, One thing that my dad says all the time is we're all a part of something that's greater than ourselves. So no matter what you're doing, you could be impacting someone else. I'm just going to use myself again as an example. When I'm cleaning my kitchen, like I'm helping my family, you know, I'm helping my family have a clean environment to live in. So that's not that's not selfish for me. Like it's, I'm doing it for everyone else who's around me. So I think just having the mindset of you're a part of something that is greater than what your brain can comprehend, I guess, is extremely important to understand. And, you know, put when you put your mind to something that you're going to do something, stick it out and do it if that is what is best for you because at the end of the day, it's going to be so extremely worth it. And it's, you never want to go through life and do something half, like you want to put your all into everything that you do, no matter what that is. So yeah, that would be my advice. For sure. And I love that too, because I feel like that puts an emphasis on playing where your feet are is purposeful. Like when you, when you choose in your mind as you're folding that laundry or doing the dishes and you're like, okay, I'm going to play where my feet are right now in this moment, that is you making the decision to consciously and intentionally like do whatever you're doing in the present moment with purpose. 
And Mm -hmm. it's knowing on top of that, that every role that you have is purposeful. Every role that you're in, every season of your life, that moment of when you're playing where your feet are has purpose, has intentionality. And God is using that to build you in the future. You know, I always say that the space that I'm occupying right now, the, the spot that my feet are in right now, where I'm playing where my feet are right now, this little spot right here may lead me to 10 steps further. So play where your feet are in the moment that you're in, because this moment here, this spot, this position can lead you 10 more steps down the road or 10,000 more steps on the road, whatever it may be. So playing where your feet are has such purpose. This season that you're in, you said the transitional season, you know, you may want to take on a job. You may want to do something more than just coaching at night. You may not want to be a stay at home mom forever, or just feel like you, you can use your purpose and passions elsewhere as well. But in the moment that you're in right now, this is preparing you for those moments. And so I just want to encourage you to to keep doing what you're doing because you are incredible and I love you so much. And you're just seriously the absolute best ever human being. And I love you. Um, Oh my gosh. Don't make me blush. Okay. They can't see it's a podcast. They won't know. (laughs) No, I love it. I love it, Maddie. And I just want to say thank you again for being on the podcast tell us, I mean, we talked about your Instagram. So if people are inspired by you, if maybe they want to now be that person that wants to DM you, they want to connect with you. Where can they follow you? Where can they see what's up? Where can they watch the soccer saga? That's what we want to see. The soccer saga. I need to make like a highlight. I don't even have any highlights. I do it. I think I know how to do it. Uh, Anyways, uh, my Instagram is Maddie Dill McDermott. Um, M-A-D-I-D-I-L-L-M-C-D-E-R-M-O-T-T. Love it. I'll be sure to put it in the podcast description as well. So you guys can just follow her there. She is seriously incredible. She's hilarious. I love her with my entire heart. Maddie has had a big year this year too. Every year has been big for her, but this year was big too. I mean, she got married. We talked about now being Maddie McDermott, not just Maddie Dill, but Maddie McDermott. Her husband plays for the Jags. So Jacksonville Jaguars, you heard us mention that a few times, but he's with the Jags there. Kaysen is now no longer little baby Kaysen. He is now in school. So big things, big things, big things all around for Maddie and her McDermott little family. So you guys stay in touch with Maddie, follow her on Instagram, see how she is inspiring and playing where her feet are every single day. And Maddie, thank you again. Any last thoughts? Oh my gosh. I, this was so fun. I love this so much. Thank you. I, again, I'm so honored to be your first guest. Yeah, this is so fun. Thank you for giving me the space to tell my story and hopefully I'll get better at it (laughs) the more I tell it. But yeah, everyone subscribe to this podcast. (laughs) Is that what you say? Yeah. (laughs) And like it. And because Cam is freaking amazing and she is doing awesome, awesome things. So, yeah. Amen. God is good. God is good. No complaints. Amen. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Maddie, I love it. I love you. Thank you so much for joining the PWIFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast. Have a wonderful rest of the night. I love you so much. And I cannot wait for the world to hear this incredible, inspirational podcast. Love you. Love you. Y'all, that was so fun. I'm honored to have Maddie on the podcast and so appreciative of her vulnerability in telling her story. If you want to follow Maddie and all that she does, I've put her information below. And if you can relate to her in any way, don't hesitate to reach out. 
Plus, if you enjoyed this beautiful episode as much as I did, let us know. Message us on Instagram and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. To hear more incredible episodes like this one, subscribe and follow the PWIFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast on all platforms. Till next time, be blessed and play where your feet are.